Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 15 of Just Talking, the podcast where I'm just talking. I'm your host, Patrick Ainsworth, hosting you with the 15th episode of the series. Today, I'll be going over uh, quite a few things. Mostly, I'm going to be talking about baseball and the starting of the World Series, how the Braves just punched their ticket in against the Dodgers, and how the Astros fought past the Red Sox. So we have our World Series set, and uh, how football uh, about midseason. We're going to check in on that, see what teams are really hot right now, what players are really hot. We're going to look at uh, a bit preseason hockey and basketball and check out on that and uh, something that I'm starting to see in uh, both of those sports. So let's get right into it. Okay, so starting off, we have the Red Sox and Astros series. I'm going to talk about that first. Um, but before I talk about the series as a whole, I want to go back uh, just a few weeks on uh, the Red Sox and how they got here. Now, let me say the regular season really came down to the wire in the AL East, with the Blue Jays, Yankees, Rays, and Red Sox all fighting for the postseason. With the Rays clinching the postseason about a good week and a half before the postseason started, uh, the Yankees, Red Sox, and Blue Jays fought for the wild card. Along just that's just in the AL East, along with the Mariners and Athletics and the other divisions. So what ended up happening was in Game One Sixty Two that day, uh, some crazy things happened. The Mariners lost, which was tough because at the start of the season they had a two point nine percent chance to make the playoffs and ended up just getting one game away from making it to the wild card. The uh, Yankees beat the Rays in quite an amazing one. Uh, You'd imagine as a Red Sox fan, you know, you see that game, and going into the day, you have quite a bit of confidence seeing that the Rays are a powerhouse team and uh, clearly have made the postseason and are trying to hit the ground running with uh, everything and having their pitching just be completely ready. But uh, the judge hit that walk-off hit, and uh, about 15 minutes after that, the Red Sox fought past a 5-1 to deficit to uh, beat the Nationals um, 7-5. to uh, So if the Red Sox had lost that game, they would then play a game 163 against the Blue Jays. Uh, the Blue Jays were crushing the Orioles like 13 to 1, I think. Uh, so, yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, the Red Sox ended up winning. It was a very great comeback. And after that, the Yankees and Red Sox were set in the one game wild card. In the one game wild card, it was quite an event. Uh, but the Red Sox ended up winning pretty easily, which with a start behind, I believe, uh, Nathan Avaldi pitched. Uh, so yeah, six to two game there, and uh, so now they headed to the ALDS against the Rays, which going into this one as a Red Sox fan was it was a bit sketchy. I really didn't know uh, if they were gonna win or not. It was a five game series, first to three, and the first one the Rays, the Red Sox had some tough scoring opportunities. I believe in the first inning we uh, we had bases loaded with one out. And uh, we could not, couldn't really answer there. Um, I believe it was that game that happened. It might have been the Astros' first game, but uh, game one against the Astros. But 
Uh, Rays ended up winning that one five to nothing, and we look at the scoreboard. You know, you'd imagine you know it was quite an easy win for the Rays, but you know the Red Sox had a lot of scoring chances that they uh, just didn't act on. Uh, game two, uh, Red Sox r- offense really came alive with that walk off two run home run by Christian Vasquez. Or no, it wasn't that game. It was uh, it was that was game three. But, um, yeah, this game, the offense just crushed it. And uh, then it was the game three where Christian Vasquez hit the two-run home run to give Boston the lead 2-1. to one. Now we're going into game four now, and uh, the Red Sox are feeling pretty good, uh, pretty confident, and they're hoping to just get one more win and just move on with it. Uh, and they did just that. They won it six to five in one that really came down to the wire at the very, very end. Uh, Kike hitting a walk off uh, fly out, which uh, Kike was by far the hottest player this postseason. He was on fire through it all, hitting uh, almost averaging a home run every game in uh, the ALCS. But uh, game one. The Red Sox lost 5-4. to four. It was a tough loss, but uh, they... Um, the Red Sox moved on. And uh, the Astros ended up uh, getting a run, I think, in the 8th inning, tied 4-4. Four to four. And uh, their bullpen just ended it right at that. And uh, Game 2... Red Sox came back with two grand slams in two innings, uh, back-to-back. First inning grand slam, second inning grand slam, and won that game 9-5. to five. I was watching that, and that was quite a crazy game. Uh, so the series is tied then 1-1, one to one, heading into Boston. So uh, since the Astros had won their division and the uh, Red Sox had not, they then had uh, the first two games, it was a 2-3-2. Two, um, in the ALCS. So, heading in their first game into Boston, uh, Red Sox hit yet another Grand Slam. Three Grand Slams in two games, yet two of them were bat- in back-to-back innings. Uh, they won that one very easily, 12-3. to Absolutely crushing it. So, you're into your final game at home. You're leading the series 2-1. You have three gl- Grand Slams in the past two games. And you have some of the highest confidence that you can have. And the Astros' offense really came alive in Game 4. And they won it 9-2. to two. They were attentive the entire game. <clears throat> they knew what they were doing. They were there to win. And uh, that's exactly what they did. <clears throat> Next game, Game 5. Uh, which is now in Houston. They went back to Houston after this one. Uh, Houston leads the series. No, Houston has tied the series now 2-2, and they won this one 9-1. The Red Sox just could not finish it uh, throughout the first six innings. Framber Valdez, uh, I believe it was him, had an amazing start, uh, carrying, I think, a no-hitter through five innings. Might have been like four and third or something, but he really, really uh, came alive. He 
was there. He knew it was a must-win game for them to give them the lead going into game six. Yeah, that's exactly what he did. So, then uh, you have the final game, which ended up, the Astros ended up winning 5 to nothing. Their defense was really, their pitching the entire game throughout it was insane. They really just couldn't, the Red Sox were not ready for it. And uh, there was that crazy play, too, at the end uh, where we had uh, a runner on first and third. We had started to get a rally going. We had two outs. Or no, we had one out. Travis Shaw was up and uh, struck out. And to get the second out, remember Dugo, who's the runner on first, went. And Martin Modinato made a textbook throw down to second, followed up by a perfect tag by Correa uh, to get the out. That was uh, That was a key play in that game. And, uh, so, yeah, the Astros won the series 4-2, uh, but it was a really, really close one all throughout the series, so now we're gonna head to talk about the Astros, or no, sorry, Dodgers and Braves series. So, now we are heading on to the Braves and Dodgers series, uh, so, once again, I'm gonna go back to the NLDS now where the Braves played against the Brewers. Um, they won that series 3-1 to one first game. They were down 2-1. Uh, to one. Uh, They lost. And uh, second game, they came back to win 3 nothing. Uh, same deal with uh, the third game, 3 nothing. And then with the fourth game, obviously being a five-game series, they won 5-4. Um, so throughout the Brewers series, and if you ask me, uh, or really anybody in uh, America that knows about baseball, you'd know that the Dodgers are quite a bit better of a team than the Brewers are. Um, yet uh, the Do- the Braves really came alive and uh, were the real deal against the Dodgers compared to the Braves, um, where you know their wins were only by a few points. Um, so obviously any game with the Dodgers is very close. But heading into the Dodgers series, Dodgers just came off that hot series against the Giants in the NLDS. So, game one, Braves win it 3-2. Such a close one. I believe that was the one that had the walk-off hit. Uh, game two, uh, Braves won that one 5-4. Again, it was so close. Uh, they got the lead 2-0, which was key. Um, so... Uh, then the Dodgers came uh, in their first game at home, winning it 6-5, to five, and again, a very close one. So this past three games have, you know, you've only had a, someone win by one point. Uh, so 2-1 uh, to one in the series. We're still in L.A., and uh, the Braves won that one by quite a bit, 9-2. It was uh, almost the biggest uh, uh, lead of a win in that series. Uh, so now Atlanta takes the lead three to one and we had, no, we're still in LA. And this was the game where Chris Taylor, they're facing elimination. A win here would send the uh, Braves to the world series and the Dodgers really stepped it up and started realizing, you know, one more loss and that's it. You know, we're a powerhouse team that everyone's like, oh, my gosh, we have to win. It's a must win for us. It's got to happen. 
um, you know, throughout the entire season. We're like, you know, the best team. Now, you know, we've got to win. They did. Chris Taylor hit those three home runs in a uh, single game to win 11 to 2. Uh, so 3 to 2 um, in 2017, or no, 2020, I believe. The year prior to that, uh, the Braves were leading the series 3 to 2, and the Dodgers still came back. Uh, I think that was also the case in 3 to 1. But uh, fourth, or no, not fourth, sixth and final game. The Braves won it four to two. Um, I don't exactly have too many insight onto what happened in that game, but uh, you know, from the first game, you always had that feeling that the Braves were, you know, after the first game, they were just ahead, and you had that feeling that you know maybe they're just gonna win it. Maybe the Dodgers is just gonna end here. It just felt like that. It had that energy, um, you know. Dodgers fans were just never exactly sure, like, we actually need to start thinking about this here, because, like, you know, the Dodgers are such a great team, but so were the Giants, and they were one game back in their division, so that was a lot of, throughout the NLDS and CS, they could not have the lead, Uh, they could not have home field advantage throughout the uh, first, and like in the AL- NLCS here, you know, the Braves, they did win their division. So it was a 2-3-2 for the Braves. Whereas for the Dodgers, they did not. They got back from the Giants, yet they still won that uh, that uh, series uh, in the NLDS. So Braves ended up winning that one. First game of the World Series, Tuesday, October 26th. Braves and Astros, uh, I believe it is in, yeah, it's in Houston in Minute Maid Park. Uh, so their Braves are going to have uh, two games at Minute Maid, three games at Truist Park, and then two games at uh, back at Minute Maid again, I believe. Uh, I believe that's how the World Series works in that order. So, uh, yeah, you have Tuesday and Wednesday, and then, you know, you have that off day on Thursday heading into Truist Park. Then they have the three home games, and that's such a key stretch in any series in the postseason, you know. Yeah, you can have not won your division, and, you know, the other team has four uh, home games, but you also have those three in a row, and that's key, um, something that gives them a very good advantage. And The Braves at home, uh, every team here, Astros, Red Sox, Dodgers, and Braves, home field advantage is just such, such an important thing to have. So we'll see how this series plays out. I'll keep you updated on that. And now let's head to talk about basketball. Okay, so you're going to have to bear with me here. Uh, Let me tell you, just cut to the chase. NBA is not my sport. Uh, Neither is hockey. So it's going to be a tough one. But uh, so I'm just going to give you a recap on, you know, first three games, what everyone's looking like. Bulls are, Bulls and Hornets are the only two teams that have a 3-0 undefeated record and are looking pretty good. Um, so both of those teams, uh, obviously it's the first three games, so there's not much uh, inferencing I can do here. But uh, Knicks and Wizards both uh, have a game back in the Eastern Conference here. They Proved to show, uh, I believe, are playing now the Knicks and Wizards at the time. Um, 
uh, but, uh, so, um, it, in the Eastern Conference, uh, there's no teams that are 0-3, but, uh, Celtics, Pistons, and Magic both are 0-2, uh, as a Boston guy and a New England guy, sports-wise and all. It's sad to see a Celtics at 0-2. Yet again, basketball isn't really my sport. So uh, that's going to end it for the Eastern Conference. Now go ahead in the Western Conference. Again, no team is 3-0 here. You have uh, the Grizzlies, Nuggets, Timberwolves, Jazz, and Warriors all sitting at 2-0. Um, like I said before, there's nothing I can really tell you here. First three, two or three games into the season. Um, Pelicans are 0-3, which is tough. You see... Zion Williamson, just, yeah, just throw away that pick. Um, he is getting very fat and uh, clearly can't do anything. Um, so, yeah, their first-round pick is gone. But, uh, yeah, the Kings sitting at 1-1 one and one with the Mavericks, Rockets, and Trailblazers all at 1-1 one one with them. The Suns at 1-2 along with the Lakers at 0-2. Thunder and Clippers are also 0-2. So you're starting to see these teams, the Suns and the Lakers, who are NBA Finals teams last year, both are 0-2 and 1-2. Clippers, who have a stacks lineup, the Spurs and the uh, Thunder, um, both have teams that they, sh- they that should be better, um, that should not be 0-2 and 1-2 right now. But uh, that's where they are. But um, obviously, you know, you see this every year. Uh, you know, teams come off a championship championship year and then go and they, they're not good within the first month of the season. It's just how it works. You know, you don't have a good draft pick. It just doesn't work like that. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously, I can't really tell you much about a sport that's not my sport. So let's head over to hockey for the time being. Okay, I hate doing this, but uh, hockey and basketball are clearly not my sports. But, uh, you know, I want to give you guys a bit of uh, everything here. So, on to hockey now. Uh, To be honest, I didn't really know there was an Atlantic, Metropolitan, Central, and Pacific Division in hockey, kind of. Um, (laughs) But uh, in the Atlantic Division now, the Florida Panthers are 5-0 with the Sabres and Bruins down at 3-1, and one, so they're up by, I don't know how much. It doesn't show you, but they have a five-game win streak. Um, I don't really know how hockey has scored too much. But in the Metropolitan Division, you have the Rangers, who are 4-1, and one, and the Hurricanes, which are 4-0, and oh, although I think in other sports you'd put the Hurricanes in front of the Rangers, because they have a better win percentage than them, but hockey's not my sport, so I don't, I can't really be talking too much here. Islanders are in last place in the Metropolitan Politan Division. Yeah. Uh, well, they're at 2-2, two and 2-2-1. Two, um, two and two and one. Wait, no, 2-2, two and two. I don't know how hockey works, but uh, Flyers are 2-1. and one. Blue Jackets are three and two. Devils are three and one. Capitals are three and zero. Oh. Penguins are also three and zero. Oh. And the Carolina Hurricanes are four and zero oh, with the Rangers at four and one. But um, 
I guess that's just how the Eastern Conference will work now. On to the Western Conference and the Central Division. You have the Blues and Wild both at 4-0. You have the Stars at 3-2, the Jets at 2-2, the Avalanche at 2-3, Predators at 1-4, Blackhawks at 0-4, and and Coyotes at 0-4. Coyotes, didn't really know that was a team. I guess, wow, okay. Arizona Coyotes. I've never heard of them. That's not a thing I know. But uh, whatever. Um, I guess I'll just go with that. Pacific Division. You have the Oilers, the only other 5-0 and team. Wasn't that like a football team in the 90s? I don't know. The NHL is messed up. But uh, you have the Golden Knights and Kraken trailing at 1-3 and and 1-4. Uh, so I guess Seattle's got to get something cracking here. Anyways, let's move on to football. Heading into the NFL here. Um, we're going to start it off with the AFC East. Um, so the East uh, has the Bills leading at 4-2. and two. Not really a surprise, but what is a surprise is that they started off the season, first six games, with two losses. Something I wouldn't really expect. I obviously expect them to be in the front. If I was a Bills fan, I'm trying to look at it optimistically. I'm not concerned because you've got the Patriots, Jets, and Dolphins, which are really not threats. The Dolphins are beginning a season with Tua. Obviously, compared to last year, what they were looking at were threats to that division, you could say. Uh, But with Tua getting hurt, I think with his back quite a few times already this year, it's uh, at 1-6 in in the last spot. Their season's over. Um, I believe last year the Dolphins started off really, really strong, 3-0. And uh, they kept it going with Tua, but uh, they just couldn't hold on to it. So the Patriots, who just clobbered, the Jets, 54-13, to 13, um, which is video game numbers. I've never seen something like that. Uh, now we're 3-4 and four with the Jets and Dolphins pretty much out of it at 1-5 and 1-6. And and so the AFC East is uh, down to the Bills and Patriots now. Patriots really trying to get that wild card spot. On to the AFC West, which is... I think every team have I have something to talk about here. The Raiders, who are shown to be a very, very electric team. Derek Carr is determined. He knows what he wants to do, and he is executing. He's doing it. Uh, five and two, they're leading the way in the AFC West. And uh, I don't know, but there, something has just clicked for him and John Gruden this year. Although, sadly, what has happened is now that John Gruden has stepped down due to some uh, sexual comments that he made on Twitter uh, or something. So he's resigned. So, uh, uh, you know, Derek Carr, you know, obviously to get your head coach, who has been in the league for quite a while now. And, well, I should say just been with Derek Carr for quite a while now. That's a huge loss for him. But uh, let's see what he can go with. I think he's only played one week without him. So let's see where he can go from here. Chargers, who are then again just a bit lower at 4-2, and two, don't have too much to say about them. They uh, lost their last game 
Um, they have a bit of a tough schedule ahead of them. Obviously, ha- facing you know a division and a conference overall that is uh, obviously quite tough. So let's see where they can go from here. The Chiefs. Whew, it's been a tough one. Uh, Patrick Mahomes got injured just today, uh, but before that, they're three and four. So they, wow, they lasted, I guess, half a dynasty and then just fell off a cliff. Now, um, so I, I guess we'll have to see where the Chiefs go from here. Um, they do have a few backup quarterbacks here, but. Uh, I mean, I'm not worried. They've, I mean, I am worried if I was a Chiefs fan. But um, I don't really care about them too much now that they're 3-4. and four. They're just not a team that's really going to make it. And looking at the Raiders and Chargers in front of them, that's just going to be tough for them to come back from. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see if we're after, where the Chiefs go from here. Um, if they try and do any deals with anyone, but I don't think that'll happen anytime soon, really. Uh, seeing they've got their offense set and ready to go, no really open positions, except for obviously at the quarterback spot. But now we see the Broncos, who started off at three and zero, and now are three and four. Things have just not been able to work for them since that three and zero start to the season, um, which has been very surprising, but. I guess it's just not going to work. To the AFC North, you have the Bengals and Ravens leading at 5-2. and two. Uh, This is kind of a, a weird one to see the Bengals at number one, but it's something they have to prove. It's something – it's a statement. They're saying, you know, we're good enough to be 5-2 and two and to beat the Ravens 41-17, to 17, I think it was. Um. And uh, so the Bengals with Joe Burrow, you know, Joey's really got something that he wants to say here. He knows that he has the talent to lead this franchise to become a dynasty. Um, so let's see. It's going to be a, cu- a tough one, AFC North. The Browns and Steelers at 4-3 and three and 3-3. Three and three. So uh, the AFC North is going to be a fun one to watch all year. The AFC South now, Titans are leading that one 5-2, and two, along with the Colts down at 2-4, and four, Jaguars 1-5, and, and Texans 1-6. and six. Um, I think the only thing I really need to say here is that Titans should start looking for a new name uh, around Derrick Henry because uh, he's really the only one that's carrying this team right now, quite literally carrying this team and the entire other NFL. Um, I'm sure he probably could hold them. He's a pretty strong guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Titans are in a pretty comfortable spot here, one of the best spots you can be in six games in a season. So let's see where they can go from here. But I think uh, the Colts obviously need to step it up. Their quarterback position is something. It's big question mark. It's not something anyone's sure about at all. But uh, Colts, Jaguars, and Texans, just a team that are just... The AFC South is obviously nothing to watch. It's a dumpster fire for them. So uh, within the next few years and past few years, that's uh, it's, been, it's been bad. On to the NFC. You have the NFC East now. The Cowboys leading 5-1 and one in the same exact kind of position as the Titans were. 
obviously the NFC East last year had teams that were supposed to be actually kind of good and uh, were not good at all. Cowboys in Week 2 lost Dak Prescott to an ACL. Or no, it wasn't an ACL. I think it was like a broken foot, something like that. But, uh, yeah, Dak Prescott was out for the season. Washington football team at 2-5, and five, along with the Eagles and Giants, both at 2-5. and five. Cowboys looking, they're, pretty sit- they're sitting pretty right here. Um, they're hoping to just move on and stay where they are right now. NFC West, this is quite, uh, quite an eventful one, too, um, along with the AFC West. Uh, the Cardinals, the only 7-0 team in the league right now. Uh, and I think, you know, it's like every week everyone's like, you know, they won for this certain reason or, you know, they got lucky. Their defense just really turned it on. They were playing a bad team. That could happen for four or five weeks. They're 7-0 and now. Maybe they're just a good team. Along with the Rams, who are below them at 6-1. and Um, so Cardinals, obviously, yeah, you look at them, they're 7-0, and and then... You look at the Rams, who are six and one. So, yeah, the Cardinals may be a seven and zero undefeated team, but they're not going to go undefeated. They're going to lose at one point or another, and the Rams are going to start winning at one point or another. So, uh, the NFC West is going to be a weird one to watch with the Cardinals and Rams going at it. Obviously, teams that you would not. You'd not imagine seeing, especially with the 49ers and Seahawks in that division, too. Um, Seahawks at 2-4 and four and 49ers at 2-3. and three. Uh, There's, again, another season with Russell Wilson that just cannot. He cannot do anything about it. Um, he, needs, he needs another a good offense. It's that simple. They need to put something together that's really good. They don't need a mediocre offense. Russell Wilson has the talent to beat the entire league. He can do it. He just can't do it with the team that he has right now. Um, On to the NFC North. You have the Packers, Vikings, Bears, and Lions. Packers are leading that one 6-1, 6-1. The Vikings, 3-3. The Bears, 3-4. And and the Lions, well, they're 0-7. So... Obviously, for the Lions, uh, this will probably be the last time I talk about them for quite a while now. Their season is done. That's the last time I'm going to talk about them for a while. Bears at 3-4. and four. Justin Fields has proven to be quite the quarterback. Um, but uh, he just can't with the offense that he has, like the Seahawks, I guess. Just, no, it's not going to happen this year. Um, but, you know, it's his first year, so we'll see what the Bears can do, what offensive moves they're going to try and make. I think their offensive receiving, wide receiving, and tight ends are set. They just need better running backs, better a better line, and uh, their defense needs to step it up quite a bit. Um, Vikings at 3-3, three and three, nothing I really need to say about them, so let's go to the NFC South. The Buccaneers are six and one. The Saints are three and two, and the Falcons are three and three, with the Panthers at three and four. So uh, you know you've got three out of your four teams over five hundred here. Um, so that clearly this is a uh, this is a division that's going to be going to be one that we're going to also have to watch throughout the entire year. 
Um, Saints really fighting for that wild card spot along with the Rams or Cardinals here or uh, the Vikings. So uh, Saints could be Saints and Falcons. You could see, you know, one division in both wild card teams. That's something you can see in the NFC South. Uh, Panthers, it's simple. We've seen it for the past three years now. Christian McCaffrey gets injured. He has a fragile body, and without him, they cannot win. It's simple as that. Um, So I guess that will pretty much end it for this podcast. If you enjoyed, I highly recommend you check out my YouTube channel, Patrick Ainsworth. There will be a link down in the description. Um, So I hope you enjoyed this episode and stay for the next episode, I guess.